Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you gotta do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm gonna do the rest. If this is your first time here, welcome. You might be wondering what we do here. Well, well, I'll tell you what I do. I create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's running through your brain, whatever your brain is racing about or running on about, whatever you're thinking about. Maybe you're, you're saying, well, gee, I can't stop thinking about this. Or every time I turn over, maybe, you know, your shoulder's bothering you. Or stuff. I don't know, whatever it is, I'm going to try to distract you from that. And the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to tell a story or something. Story experts have recently reached out to me. They said, could you not use the word story? We know this was the uh, United Story Council, I think it was. I said, I said, why are you ha- where's Bratislava? Because I said, that, isn't that where all the villains live? Isn't that like the iron-faced villain? Doesn't he run things there, Dr. Doom? But they said, hey, we'd appreciate you. We know you like making up words. If you could not use story, you know, you're starting to make us look bad. But I, And I said to them, well, maybe I'll say something resembling a story, then get to a point and then come back to you guys to make another point. Well, I didn't tell them about that second part. I said, oh, yeah, sure, guys. You know, you guys are United Story Council, USC. They said, oh, no, 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 they'll sue us. They said, oh, you know, USC is a respected university. So they, but you're, so you're you're less respected than USC. You're in a, would I say Bratislava? I said, okay, Doctor Doctor Doom, I'll get right back to you. Said that, and I said, okay, got you. But you might be saying, what is this guy going on about? Is it? Well, this is what I do. I'll I'll tell something. I'll be talking tonight. And at first, what I'm going to try to do is hook you, mostly with you know a little bit of. Uh, simpatico action, you know, respect for your situation and trying to get you out of it. I'm going to use a lulling tone. I'm going to use some, you know, frequent pauses. I'm still not sure what a pregnant pause is or if that's a derogatory. Is it a pregnant pause? Does that mean it's about to give birth to something, right? So why are you using it when you say that's? I think that was in the United Story Council's affidavit, and I said you. She's sending me an affidavit is like sending me, you know shooting a bottle rocket at me. It's a bad idea, and you could you could ask the thousands of people that have shot bottle rockets at me, you know, that I haven't asked, which is you know half. Uh, what was my point? So I'm going to try to distract you for whatever's running through your brain or whatever's got you up. Whatever's preventing you from going to sleep, I'm going to talk. And here's the, here's the deal. I'm going to be your boar friend, your boar bro, your boar sib, your boar cuz, maybe boar cuz. All you got to do is sit back, listen to me start prattling on or rambling on, because I'm going to probably ramble on about this story council for four or five minutes. And whatever, you know, you, you, believe it or not, let me go with the United Story Council. But, but at some point, you'll be, you, the deal is I'm your boar friend, your boar bro, your boar cuz, your boar sib. Whenever you want to fall asleep, it's not going to bother me one bit because I'm here to deal with that United Story Council in your brain, which I, I, the reason I'm saying this is I'm pretty sure that, you know, the, the brain bots, as I call them, have formed not only their own trade trade group but their own lobbying groups. And their own consp- conspiracy, shadow conspiracy groups, and also, you know, straight 
you know, they've taken over an Eastern European country. Probably the people, they have them under some mind control, working night and day to support, you know, keeping you up at night. And, and they're, I mean, I'm not trying to brag, but yeah, this United Story Council, that's telling me not to use the word story. It's just a, 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 a little, they're trying to, you know, knock me off my game not, from, from helping you fall asleep, from distracting you. Seems like a lot of work to go through. Just, you know, just, why don't I say, why don't you let just, just let this wonderful person get a good night's sleep? And then they, that, that was when they said, we'll see you in court. And I said, which court? And they laughed. And I said, uh, this one I didn't say yet, but I'm going to say it now. <laughs> Obviously, I'm saying it. A uh, pro-am tip for you villain, villain supergroups out there. Uh, when you're sending mail to somebody, you do, do stop by another country and do it. You know, don't send it from your home country, okay? Because when it says something, Bratislavia, Latin denaria, uh, you know, it has an iron fist instead of the like a circle. I said, well, Jesus, interesting. And you wouldn't believe it before I open an envelope, but you know, a lot of times I'll just stare at it absently. But there's probably there is some some part of my brain that's looking at it. You know, or some sort of gerbil part of my brain running on a wheel looking at it, and I say, "Well, geez, this this might this might contain some villainy in this envelope." You know, uh, cloaked in a, a, a legal threat about me using the word story. Uh, another pro tip, a pro am tip, because I'm not a professional, or an, I've been banned by both the professionals and the amateurs. I say I'm pro am. A pro-am tip, uh, if you use a VPN, villains, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what that does, but it'll cloak you a little bit more. Because when I see uh, Dr. Doom via Gmail, I say, oh, I'm still from Dr. Doom. Okay, Dr. Doom? Now, unfortunately, that situation, I say, oh, it's D-O-O-M. And I say, oh, this is my friend, uh, Dr. D-U-M, Dr. Doom. Oh, boy, so... Uh, that, that was a mistake. It should but anyway, not a big deal. That, that was cleared up in a couple of years, that problem. That's why I'm here. I'm here to help you fall asleep, distract you from, you fall asleep whenever you want. You drift off whenever you want. I'll keep your United Story Councils, this spreadsheet awareness group in your brain, the, 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 the to-do list promotion club. The many mistakes, mistakes, many mistakes you've made. Top to you know, throwback throwback to the mistakes you've made. Tuesday group that wants to keep you up on Wednesday. They're all gonna listen to me. You fall asleep. They'll say, "Hey, this guy, he's talking about us." And Jesus, we we kind of like it. They they all of a sudden they're like, uh, "Whoa, whoa!" The uh, spreadsheet guy. He's like, "Look at that! I I made the podcast, boys." Uh, so they love the attention. I, I try to. Tr- I said, "Geez, these these parts of your brain—they're not—they're not evil. They might, you know, conspire like evil groups. They're just trying. They're misguided heroes. That's what they always say about villains, or villains say about themselves. Maybe I can't remember which one it was. Maybe I'm legally pre- prevented from talking about. It. I can't remember. So many trips to court with these villains." Uh, but that's why I'm here. We're on the web, www.sleepwithmepodcast.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me, feedback at Sleep With Me Podcast. You can comment on the website. You can get me on Twitter, at Dearest Scooter. And where's it? Oh, fa- you can get us on Facebook. 
podcast. You can find it on iTunes. That's the best place. You can subscribe on iTunes. That's the biggest help. You can rate us if you can. But, you know, wherever you want to listen to it, listen to it. A couple announcements. Uh, if you if you want to help design a T-shirt that says Sleep With Me and you're good at picking out fonts, it'll say Sleep With Me in big letters and then something else in small letters. Send me your idea. If you're, you know, op- it's got to be open source font for us to use on the T-shirt. Uh, that was one. I said I have some announcements. Oh, someone sent me their Flickr stream recently. It gave me an idea. Anyone has a Flickr, a photo stream would be ideal, or a gallery from some other thing. And you want to share it for me, I might might just use it to make up a story with it. I'm going to ask this person's permission, uh, probably to use part of their stream or something as in the, as make up a story. But I said, hey, this might I can maybe make a story out of this somehow on the spot, you know. You know, or you want to mess with me, you know, make it, you know, full of, like, no nudity, though, because, you know— uh, or, you know, anything, you know, any, nothing that's going to keep anybody up at night, okay? For for good reasons or bad reasons, you know? I started talking to people about uh, sponsoring the show, uh, businesses. I said, I've, I've been thinking about it. I've been researching businesses. And I had my first discussion with company. And here's what I'm thinking I'm going to do. This is just initial. I'm going to, well, I'm definitely, this is already moving forward. I'm going to start testing out a product. And see how it goes and say, geez, if I like this, maybe maybe we could work out a sponsorship. It, it sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Uh, but we want to, you know, be as open as I can to any of you guys' input about it. What I'm going to probably do, in this case, what I said is, hey, uh, you know, we, we went back and forth talking about how to do it. And we negotiated, I bought, bought the thing, but I, we negotiated a discount. So that's a, that's like a disclosure uh, is I'm trying to figure out how to do this. I'm like, well, I want to be able to buy this stuff so there's no implicit, but I'm not a rich person. So I said, well, geez, and it's like I don't even know if it's going to work out, you know. But I said, geez, if I buy, but start taking free stuff, then i got to pay the taxes. And it's like you're giving me something free. And then luckily this company, they, they, they were thinking along the same lines, I think. So I'm going to try to either buy something that's got some cosmetic damage or work with them to try to get some kind of discount. But let me know what you guys think about that. If you think that this is the first time I'm trying it, so if you guys think that's wrong or a bad idea or something, let me know about it, okay? Let me know your opinions. But I got, you know, this. Uh, my intention, if we do take advertising on the show's sponsorship, would be it wouldn't be for a few more months because I want to be able to try the stuff out and say, okay, I can get behind this. But I want to be something that's like a win-win-win, or like a benefit for everybody, you know. I'll be able to make sure I can keep doing these shows, and you guys will get introduced to a product that maybe you'll buy. That you say, "Well, this is a good product." Ideally, be sleep related. That's what I'm looking at right now, or uh, sleep hygiene related. And you'll say, "Oh, geez, I didn't know about that. I was going to buy that, and now it's good. It's got a. It's been vetted, maybe." And for the person that's going to sponsor us, I want them, them to benefit. It's like just I don't want to say, hey, give me some money. And I got this audience that will, you know, listen to what you have to say. I want to say, hey, you know, I'm pretty confident some of the people that are listening would buy your product. And the money you spend would be well spent. So I don't know if any of that makes sense. This is my first time doing it. This is my first meeting, meeting where I was like, okay, we're both going into it. 
saying, hey, let's talk about this. So that's that's the update. I don't know. I'm scared even talking about it a little bit. But I said, geez, I want to keep you guys on the level. So that's the latest on sponsorships. I'm glad you're here, and I hope I help you fall asleep. All right, thank you. So I want to thank Chris Posty Posterson, who does our music. He's got a podcast. He's got a podcast over at soundslikeanearful.com. Please check it out. Well, I want to thank Scotty and Jennifer, who do our icons and our artwork. I want to thank all everybody out there, Silvertone, Babs, a bunch of people out there recommending the podcast to other people. And remember, that's our pledge drive for, uh, well, no, that was our, ple- our pledge drive for May. I guess it's an indirect pledge drive, which, again, they say, well, geez, that's a bad, that, that's not going to help you. Small talk with a stranger. So I don't know if any of you out there have made small talk with a stranger, but, you know, go out, now's your chance later. Well, not now because you're in bed, but tomorrow. Uh, and they say, well, geez, what is, you know, what's small talk? Can I say one word, hi? Does that count as small talk? Probably not. You know, maybe ten highs to a small equal small talk. And they gotta be smile highs, like hi, morning, morning, morning. I say good morning, sir. Yes, you do don't please stop ignoring me. That wouldn't count. That would be negative small talk, which I said you know, don't small comp let's if you have small conflicts, keep them small. So small talk with a stranger for the month of May. Sleep with me podcast. Uh speaking of small talk, I had some small talk and some medium talk. With uh, Heidi, Lin- Lindsay, Lisa, and e- with uh, Heidi, Lindsay, and Lisa, an email. Uh, Eli, Alexandra, Jill, Babs, Kirsten, Carolyn, Sian, Sh- Shwarma, Anya, Tanya, uh, Jake, and Aaron. Over on Twitter, Joel, and then on Facebook, Joel, Patty, Chelsea. Who, by the time you hear this, uh, Survivors comes out in a few hours. So Chelsea might already know who won Survivor. Beth W., Ryan, Beth H., Tara, Bonnie. And then over on iTunes, I want to thank CHAM5R, a.k.a. Andy Tastic, the most uh, fantastic of Andes. Andy wrote a real nice review. He said, well, geez, if all these other reviews didn't do it for you, let me break it down for you. Five C, you know, let me break it down to you like I'm on the sea. On a ham radio, and I'm giving you the five hours of reviewing a podcast. And Andy Tastic did it, so thanks, Andy. And Andy really came to the defense of the podcast. Said, "Hey, you know, if you're gonna you know write a one star review, be someone that hates sleep, or someone that hates sleep related podcasts, but don't hold Scooter to any technicalities." Well, you know, not everybody listens, Andy, so that's, you know, that's how it is. But one-star reviews are fine. You know, you got to have some. Like I said, otherwise nobody trusts you. And then Scottish Rose says thank you. And it makes me want to say, you know, Every Scottish Rose. Do Scottish Roses have thorns? Just like every kilted man sings along. <laughs> I lost my tune there. That makes me want to sing every Scottish rose as a thorn. Just like every kilted man has hairy legs. Like every uh, wonderful rolling hill. 
sings a Scottish song, but I don't know any Scottish songs. Thank you for your review, Scottish Rose. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll move on to the next thing. Thanks. All right, guys, it's another random Thursday episode here, and I'm, I'm uh, I was saying, geez, uh, you guys talked about the sponsorship thing earlier. And I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I listen to a lot of podcasts about podcasting, so I'm always looking to try to learn, you know, what the hell I'm doing. I said, geez, I, you know, I don't, I don't quite got it figured out yet. I don't even think you can figure it out. So just try to get a little bit better, a little bit more. But, you know, some stuff I don't necessarily always agree with. And that's one of the hard things about podcasts is the person's in your ear. You're like, oh, this person must know what they're talking about. And maybe, and then I'm, and then I'm also a crazy person. So it's like, well, I don't want to fight this person. And I said, well, you see, I think he's just trying to help you. Why do you want to fight him? I don't know. Just, I do. I don't like him. Are you sure you're not being, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you've heard me before. That's how my brain works a little bit, part of my brain. Well, a lot of the, some of the podcasts, they say, hey, you know, you probably got some rich people listening to your podcast. Come up with an idea or people that, you know, aren't rich but will blow money, you know, like they're rich. Come up with something to sell them that's wicked expensive and then you don't got to do much else. And I tried that once. I said, hey, I'd come to your house and tell you a story. I think I was charging 10000 or 100000 Maybe it was 100000 to brush your teeth. And I didn't have any takers on that. But I said, well, Jesus, uh, 10000 is a little low to come to your house, to be honest with you, to tell you a story. I mean, all expenses paid, but then it's like, well, well, maybe it's not. For That would be like, for you know, it happens. Then you'd be like, for that much money, you got drop contracts. You know, once you hit the 10000 mark, then the lawyers get involved. And then they say, well, come up with a digital course. That's what they say. Come up with a digital course or, you know, a local, you know, you say charge people to to meet, meet you and, you know, you, you know, give them some kind of, you, you got to become an authority expert. I think that's what they said. I thought something, authority figure, authority leader. I don't know. But I said, I liked it. I said, well, Jesus, how much do you get? They said, like, three grand, twenty nine ninety nine. That's That's a good price for a course, 1990 And I said, well, whoa, I could go for $1,000. And I said, Jesus, how many of my listeners have said, hey, I'm wicked rich, man? And I said, well, I, said, I love my listeners. I don't know. And I said, what? I don't want anybody. And I said, well, $1,000. I said, well, wait, $3,000, I'd say, well, geez, I, maybe I could come up with something. And then I said, I couldn't do that to my listeners. But I said, well, but I, I said, well, oh, wait a second. What about di- I could come up with a digital product for free? And then I could just, instead of being a digital product, it could just be a podcast episode. And then maybe I could just lie. And then I could sell it later. You know, if I change my mind, I decide, hey, I don't give a shit. Let's sell this shit. Hey, hey, hey listeners, three G's to listen to a whole podcast episode. Or a rewritten one I rewrote, that digital course that I did that one time, uh, remember? And I said, hey, I wouldn't do that to you guys. Well, I'm doing it now because I got, you know, I heard, uh, I saw somebody named Richie Rich was following the podcast. And, you know, I got money in my eyes. Uh, So in order to do that, of course, I have to turn. And then I said, well, I got a cold this week uh, or something. I don't know what the hell I caught, but don't worry. I, I literally... 
as emotionally trying as it was, I didn't go to work for two days, or really, I was supposed to record yesterday, I didn't do it. I'm on the tail end of this thing. But I said, well, gee, maybe I should hire somebody, like a, a talent. Because, you know, someone that's talented, like I said, I've never given a seminar or a, uh, you know, any kind of, you know, I said, in those, I said, oh boy, that, that's uh, that's even boring for me. I could do it. Why don't I hire, hire somebody that's got like a, so don't adjust your, uh, if the volume's lower or something, this person, they might have a lower type voice. You know, it might I might even be that person right now, uh, but it sounds like me. You say, hey, his voice is off. Maybe he's sick. Maybe he's lying. Maybe he's been lying about everything. But, yeah, so, uh, you know, settle in and start to uh, feel the early morning of a, of a conference room. You're sitting in a seat-long table. You have a legal pad in front of you. Uh, a tan takeout box in front of you. No, no smell of food, though. And you settle into your seat. You play with your pencil, and a man walks to the front of the room. Hey, good evening, everyone. Good afternoon. Well, thank you for coming to my uh, uh, my my my, uh, my seminar. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to this session. Now, I uh, my name is Bertrand Red Swirl the Third. It's uh, we don't have a board to write on that. I said, well, I don't need one because I have a lot of handouts. But my name is Bertrand Red Swirl III. This is uh, uh, this is my first uh, seminar I've ever given. I apologize. That's why you were uh, allowed in at the intro rate of $887 to take this course. Uh, so we're, we're, uh, there'll be a survey afterwards. I'm thinking of uh, uh, unleashing your boredom. Uh, that's that's what the initial title was that you signed up over ma- using boredom to master your life by mastering boredom, uh, boredom mastery. So what do you think about that? Unleashing your boredom, boredom mastery. That's the course potential title. Or titles, or, you know, subtitles, secondary titles, SEO-type stuff, so I'm more searchable when, you know, people say, hey, I need a... So, so you're sitting there, you're looking at me, and you're saying, who, who, give us the who, what, when, why, and how. Who? I'm Bertram Redsworth Third. I'm a boredom expert. And I say, well, geez, how did you become... We'll get to those things. Who, what, what? This is boredom mastery. Where I'm going to teach you in, uh, let me just double-check my resume. Ten easy steps, how to take boredom, reformat your life, and use it like a boredom, boring ninja, a ninja that is uh, taking all the joy out of ninjing, of taking the, the ninja's practice martial arts, of assassinations and, uh, you know, climbing walls. They said, well, you know, just hang on a wall. I'm not going anywhere. Ninja star, eh, just drop it. It fell out of my hand. Uh, nun, nunchuckers, yeah, I'm just going to let it hang here. 
Oh, am I, I'm going to hang my wrist, so it's just hanging. Oh, look, the breeze is moving there. Is that just the motion of my uh, existence making it swing like that? My arm's getting tired, so I'm going to put this. They say I would have brought nunchuckers, but they said they're illegal in, in this state and all states. And in just ours. But I'm glad you're here. What? Again, this is my first uh, what, why? 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 Say, you might be saying to yourself, why am I here? Why am I at a boredom session? Why would I want to obtain boredom mastery? What would that do to my life? Well, let's be honest. If you came here, something's uh, appealed to you in the uh, marketing material. Probably the discount where we said $30,000 in boredom knowledge for only $887. Tax deductible. If you're an entrepreneur, solo, what is that, solo penis? Solo penis? Oh, solopreneur. Or a, uh, you know, your work will pay for it. I think all you would hear from, uh, all you hear was that insurance company, huh? Well, welcome. Uh, Welcome. So that's why. Why? I mean, why? You'll learn why. And and you'll say to yourself, geez, I don't need things. Excitements for my personal life, or excitements for those other people, or I'm an exciter, exciting person in a biology teacher's clothes. Yes, I'm here to help you with that. What? Why? Where? Well, where? We're in a, what do they call this, the Duck's Belly Conference Room. I don't know why. They would name a conference room Duck's Belly, but they said the bit, you know, we, that's the conference room we cat this hotel. Names are conference rooms after duck parts. You know, say, well, geez, it's probably the most boring part of the duck, the belly. At the same time, without the belly, the duck would sink to the bottom of the sea. Or, I, I know, sir, you're looking, I know, but there's no sea ducks, thank you. Sea ducks. That should be the name of the sports team, don't you think? Anyway, that's where is here and where in your life, in your home life, in your work life, in your life traveling from work to home. Boredom can become an asset. And I, I, will, you know, I will teach you to unlock those things. And soon you'll forget about all those other things running through your brain and you'll learn the power of boredom. Uh, what, what, who, what, where, when, why, why we did right, how, what, what, where, when, why, and how, how, well, how, where, when, oh, when, I think, I don't think I skipped when, when, we're going to start right now, and you'll be able to walk out of here today and use these things immediately, you could even start using them, well, there's no class participation really in here, but you could start using them in your personal life immediately, even on the phone. There'll be no breaks. But even, you know, even, you know, when, when, right away, that's when. When, 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 how. How am going to give you ten easy steps? Ten steps that you can walk in your life or your, your day-to-day existence to take boredom. And, you know, once you become a boredom master... You must say, geez, I'm going to start my own boredom seminar. Well, good luck. Good luck. 
you know, this, uh, this countenance that I have, if that's the correct usage of it, doesn't just come naturally. It comes with the years of, you know, I've, I've been boring for more than 10,000 hours, and I have a... And I have a gripe to pick here to be controversial, but also make it boring. A little example, a teaching method used by teachers is, uh, is uh, have a have a controversial thing not to say about Mr. Gladwell, the person that sp- spread the word about outliers in 10,000 hours, but the people that use it as an example. Because they say, oh, I've got my 10,000 hours selling insurance. I'm the best there is. And then I say to my brother, well, why aren't you the number one insurance salesman at your company? You're number eight. And he said, fuck you, motherfucker. And I said, well, you you said you had your 10,000 hours. That would make you mastery over insurance sales. He said, you son of a. Okay, this is all the part to make a point, though, folks, of the language and my hand motion. What slips through their eighth-place mind is the fact that it's 10,000 focused hours. You could spend 10,000 hours walking down the street and still trip. But if you walk with focus, will you trip? Do you walk with focus? The answer is no. Do you bore with focus? Well, I have for 10,000 hours, maybe more. Maybe and people say, well, you probably, how many hours have you been alive? And I'd say, no, focused hours. So I'm going to teach you where to put your focus in order to maximize your boredom on your quest for boredom mastery. So let's begin, shall we? I want you to open the... Uh, the box in front of you, and as you open it, you will unlock a secret to boredom. It's a, it's a, it's a you're, you're looking at some of you, please no interaction with each other. Uh, that is a eye mask, and I want you to put it over your eyes for the rest of our session. Place the eye mask over your eyes, and you're required, you're, your employer, you know, they may, they may or may not be videotaping this session to see you troublemakers. You'd probably be forced to refund them at the full $30,000 price. So please put the eye masks on because you're going to learn to, learn to use your ears to listen to me and not your eyes to look around or to doodle or to, you know, look at other people and make faces as I say, you know, as my students once did in the class I taught. So let's move right in. Now that you're masked, cloaked in darkness here, you can hear the sound of my voice. Be reassured that as I unlock each step aboard a mastery, you will take one more step into control of your life in ways you, you say, Jesus, this is actually useful stuff. Maybe this is worth $999. And there will be no use of uh, subliminal uh, messaging here or any of those things. Pseudo-subliminal, they said, uh, because they said, you, you can't say subliminal since you don't know what the hell you're doing. 
And that's one of the ways, uh, anyway, I'm getting at step one. Well, let's uh, refocus our efforts on being dull here, folks. Uh, step step one, let's figure out your bore ID. Is a license, driver's license floating in front of you. You can see that it's your picture. Better than your driver's license picture, quite nice. And it's writing there, but as you see the license float away, you see yourself on a street corner observing a car accident. Someone's talking to you. You, you, you. you are in a conversation about the accident. The accident wasn't yours. It wasn't anyone you knew. It was a minor accident, one where the, uh, in the cartoons where the fire hydrant sprays the water and a puppy wags its tail and a policeman, exasperated, tries to work out some sort of compromise to determine whose fault it is for when he writes a report to send to the insurance company. Now I want to draw your focus deeper into the conversation. The person talking to you is someone you know. Maybe you were getting coffee and you came outside when you heard the crash or the horn or the brakes or the car alarm. It does not matter. But as they tell you about what's been going on with them and their, uh, what's that psoriasis called on their arm, and they tell you about their latest doctor's appointment, what are you doing? Answer A. Thinking about whatever food you left in the cafe and that you know what you wish you ordered. Say so I should have ordered a bagel with locks. I I was in the mood for a sweet at breakfast, or something like that. Or you're saying, "Geez, I can't wait to get home and masturbate." Or whatever it is, you're thinking about something. Answer two. You interrupt them and say, "That's not base. That, that's a, you know, you, you say something about what they're saying." That's it. You say, well, I know the right answer about homeopathy. You know, pro or con, here's what it is, you fool. And maybe you say it nicer than that, but maybe you don't. But you got all the answers. That's answer B. Answer C. Uh, you, you start to list off all the places you heard about. So you just talk about psoriasis forever and ever and ever about your grandmother about what you heard about it, about the time you saw this, about the fact, what's the difference between a cream and a lotion? And then you talk about creams and lotions. Well, how come, you know, which one was it that condoms are allergic to? Oil-based lubricants or water? How could you make a water-based lubricant? What the heck? How could water be in a lubricant? I don't get it. Explain it to me. And then it's time to go back into the cafe. Now, did you answer A, B, C, or, or you say, well, I would have done something else. Well, if you answered A, uh, which was a, your, your, uh, your board, board daydream, I don't have all the uh, answers for you, but if you answered A, you're a board daydreamer, daybore dreamer, yeah, daybore dreamer. Yes, that's what you are. Daybore dreamer. If you answered B, you're 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 know it all. You got all the answers. You're bore prof. If you answered C, 
Well, you just, you, 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 you just blah, 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 this, about this, 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 this. You're a board searcher, a researcher. So think about whatever it is. Now mark down, I want you to take the next few minutes and uh, if there's five more questions on the first worksheet in front of you. Oh, shit. Never mind. No, leave your eye masks on. It's much more important to have the eye masks on. We'll skip that part. So your bore ID. Are you a bore, bore, day bore dreamer? Are you a bore prof? Or are you a bore searcher? Think about what, 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 if you answer the other questions, you would have had a better idea. But you say, oh, geez, I feel like I like this. Let's just go with, in your mind, you pick one. You say, hey, I like research and stuff on the internet. Memorizing Wikipedia articles, so I'm a bore searcher. Okay, we'll hold that with you as we move forward. For that's when you're at your dullest. Step two, we're going to start to look at uh, when, when do you draw attention? And when should you be on the lookout and say, oh boy, no attention for me. I want to think about the next time, last time you were at work and you met someone new. It might be a client. It might be a new coworker. It might be a customer. And I think about the last time that happened and it went well. And then they initiated the next conversation with you. They said, hey, I like your shirt. Excuse me, I have a question about this product that just exploded in my hands. Or why is my house, you know, whatever it is, you're, you know, your insurance company isn't even licensed or bonded, is it? Any of those questions, think about it. Why did they pick you? What, what was it about your body language? What was it about your eyes? How did you feel having them see you as an expert, as an authority? Did it feel risky or did it feel good? Next up, I want, to th- I want you to think about a similar situation where someone was talking to you and talking to other people about you in a positive way. You're in a group. And they're saying, oh, Mr. Red Swirl here, he is here. He has his own wonderfully interesting analysis of Malcolm Gladwell's outliers. And he gets really agitated when he talks about it, and we love to see him get agitated at work. But it's wonderfully insightful, oddly enough. Uh, and, you know, that's why we have him heading up this new boredom initiative. You know, we, we think there's a potential in it. Think about something like that, where it was a wonderful moment in your life where you said, wow, I'm shining. I want you to think about, was it day and night? How many people were there? Were they people you knew? Were they strangers? What was the eye contact like? Where were your hands? What what were you doing? These would these would be questions we'd be answering in the worksheet. But I need you focused in the Gladwell-Eskian manner. Answering worksheets is for piddling ten thousand hour faux outliers, in liars, I'd say. Anyway, back to the boring thing. That's not boring at all. Now we're at part three. Fear causes forcing. This is what I call part three. I don't remember part two or one, what I was calling those. 
Fear causes forcing. I want you to think about the last time you were in a social situation where you had a little stomach flutter or a little heart palpitation. Maybe it was a romantic, potential romantic encounter. Maybe you you did something wrong at work. You had to admit to a mistake. Or you were being called in to discuss a mistake you made. Maybe it was a promise you made that you didn't keep and you had to say, maybe it was an apology. Maybe it was a uh, tricycle you ran over three times. Uh, and, and, And then you said, oh boy. And then you said, well, that felt good. And then you had to tell the people, you were nervous, you were afraid. Now think about uh, how you dealt with that situation. Was there fear, driving, and adrenaline? Did you feel like you had to act to make things right, to admit the truth? Did you notice yourself talking? You're in the office, you're at the parents' house with the broken tricycle. Are you talking more animated? Are you overexcited? Are you flushed? Is your heart beating faster than normal? Well, fear causes forcing. You're not at your boringest. And you might make a slip, you'll, 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 you know. Why risk making a slip? Fear causes forcing. But it's okay to be afraid, it's perfectly natural, and that's why you're here. For when you master bore, bore, when you reach boredom mastery, you, you'll have nothing to fear. Believe me. You'll feel nothing at all. Uh, now that we've been sitting for a while and you're, your eyes have been cloaked. Some of you may still be awake. Uh, I, I, I put uh, that nail chemical that, for not biting your nails on the table to make any, you know, punish any of you that would fall asleep onto the desks. But I want you to uh, bring your attention to your hands. Where are your hands right now? Uh, if anyone, I don't mean to be exclusionary. If anyone's missing a hand or hands, I'm, I apologize. You could bring your attention to your. What is that? What she's in this phantom hands. But you could bring your attention to your arms. Everyone do that. And again, I say, oh boy, this is you know they, it's hard trying to sell these courses. They say, is there any exclusionary material, offensive stuff? And then now this is a weird situation where you could use boredom if you're a boredom master. And then don't sign anything. Says you say, well, we don't need to sign anything. There's no exclusionary language here. This is the boring seminar you're looking for. And then they might scream at you. I know when you don't try. Are you trying to be funny, or do you really think you're a Jedi? Because either way, say, sir. I, uh, what were we talking about? Anyway, move your attention to your shoulders and to your back. And you and you say, okay, or whatever body part happens to say, hey, give me some attention. Within the appropriate confines of business decorum, of course. But I want you to think about those times you've shined or, or those times you've been in conflict. And think about how you... Held your body, because now we're on step four. Slim ball body. I'll say it again for all of you. Slim ball body. There was once a man named Slim Goodbody. Who was a child I was exposed to. I thought it was Richard Simmons. But it was not. He wore a suit of a, inside of a man. He danced and yelled. 
I think, oh, maybe that was Richard Simmons. I said, they too are irrevocably binded in my mind for some reason. But he had a, but, but anyway, this is so witty title I thought of. I said, Slim Ball Body. <laughs> so think about those times when you're in conflict, when you're afraid, or when you're in a good position where people are giving you positive attention. How are you holding your shoulders? How are you holding your head? Where are you looking into people's eyes? Are you relaxed and holding your hands at your side near your pockets? Well, no longer. Slump your shoulders forward. Those of you that are just a little bit, feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. The price of gas continues to crush the American budget. Food goes up, it's more. Is it healthy? I don't know. Feel that on your spine, those possible truths, or they say that's circumstantial, I don't know. But it's weighing you down just enough. Not too much, or they say, is there something wrong with you? Just enough where you say, oh, I won't give up yet, but I feel like it. Excellent, excellent, I see some of you doing a good job. Don't sit up when I say that, though, with pride. Now, I want you to picture yourself in a uh, uh, ball, you know, one of those mixes that you might be at work or for romantic purposes or a bar. I want you to practice, instead of in the group you're in, practice aiming your gaze across the room at an inane object, a girder, a, you know, a fire alarm, a strange, you know, architectural quirk all the way across the room, outside, having nothing to do with you or the conversation. And I want you to remember to check in every once in a while on that thing. See how it's doing. Jesus, that girl is still there. Why is it there? I don't know. Any, you know, get curious about it. Because eye language is a part of body language, because you you know, but right now it's not. If I don't know if you're in your body, your back is bowed, your eyes are flicking back and forth, and your hands, as you begin to think about uh, the things that are pressing upon your shoulders and weighing you down, your hands should naturally become uncomfortable. But if they don't, think about can I feel the sweat on my hands? And some of you must say, I have dry hands or I have sweaty hands. That's not the question I asked you. I said, can you feel the sweat on your hands? And then you'd say, with my fingertips or with some sort of magical energy, with my own pores. And I would say, good question. Try to figure it out for the rest of your life when you're in a social situation. And you'd say, what? And I'd say, good job. Now your hands look very uncomfortable as you wonder, can I feel the sweat of my hands? Because your hands should always be sweating, I think, maybe, or breathing. And you say, well, I, now I've mastered that down the road. Or I'm bored with the sweat on my hand. Well, they say our entire body's covered in cilia. They may, maybe it's your palms that doesn't have it. Or do they? Did you read that somewhere? Don't look it up. Because I can guarantee you, if you're sensitive enough and you're in a important social situation 
You'll begin to wonder, do, do I have a hair on my palms or not? Oh, what about my fingertips? Try to figure it out. Okay, those are go-to actionable items on that slim bull body. Now, next up is step five. We're halfway. Well, I guess we have to finish this step, then we're halfway there. But there will be no break. That would cause too much interaction. But step five, deflection, deflection, deflection. Now, here I'm going to offer you an allegory, uh, which is a story... What's the difference? I don't... Have. Anyway, you're on the plains of a fantasy kingdom. You and another soldier have gone out on the plains and an entire army, enemy army approaches. And they, they, they before you left, they said, uh, here, you take the shield and you, the other guy, take the uh, bow and arrow and go off to face the enemy army. They said they will, they will see who is the bravest of the men and who will, you know, who will survive and marry their queen or something. And they said it is told in the prophecy. And you go out there and you might say to yourself as you've been, you know, inundated with Western culture, you say, well, I'd like to be the man with the bow to take out the most powerful warrior on that enemy army to prove my, you know, powerfulness or my ability to dominate and, and declare war. Well, I would tell you you're a fool. For as they rain arrows at you, or me, because I'm the border master, I simply... Raise the shield and deflect the arrows into you. And then I ride my boredom move. And you say, well, it's an allegory. You say, well, how many arrows? What type of shield arrows should deflect? Is it a wood shield wouldn't deflect? I say, deflect, deflect, deflect. And this is where we get into the advanced boredom, because now we're past halfway. We're at the halfway point of the the point deflect 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 so in in social situations in work situations in life situations deflect the attention to someone else they say wow you really uh, have uh, your teeth are really somewhat straight did you wear braces and take remove them yourself yes i did but at mary here wore braces the whole time and her teeth are wonderfully straight and you might have listened, you might not have listened to this whole thing but listen to that and think about how Mary feels think about the compliment of fields who knows what the motivation was with that complimentation they could have been plotting against you or you know, attempting to manipulate you or they could just be a buffoon handing out compliments like a a compliment buffoon. Either way, you've achieved your goal of winning two allies. Or in the case of the allegory, winning the queen or the princess or whatever we said and destroying your rival. And sometimes deflection can destroy and sometimes it can win you, you know, deflect, deflect, deflect. Uh, number six... Escape with grace. Now, with grace, I say, escape with grace. Don't make up a lie. You'll be caught. 
but always have an escape route to get out early. I say, well, Jesus, this is something you're going to have to learn on your own, but make sure it's boring. So start to think about the boring pastimes you have. So start to think about the boring past. And you might say, well, could I say I'm going home to feed my pet? Only if that person has a... You ask them first. You say, Bob, uh, do you have a pet? Oh, yeah, I have a dog. Okay, I got to go home and let my dog out to go to the bathroom. You've escaped with grace. Oh, I got to go home. Do you have a pet? I have a cat. Oh, I got to go home and feed my cat. Uh, You could get yourself a dog and a cat. You could get yourself a pitcher and a dog, a dog and a cat, name them, talk to them every day. Now that is boring. It'll help develop, you know, your, your minor level boredoms of, uh, you know, fantasy of life and some such things. But just have an escape route. Anywhere you go, leave before you get, you get too much. Say, oh, Bob wanted to get out before the party started. You don't want to get the party started. And you don't want to be there when the party starts. The party don't stop. You don't, you know, you need to be gone. So they always remember, well, you know, you didn't ruin the party. Being boring is not about being a wet blanket. Well, it's not about being the one that people remember as ruining the party. You don't want to be, oh boy, oh boy, in my old life, before I was boring. I was the party, you know, anyway. You just want to say, oh, that Bobby, and they say, he's probably going home to work. Meanwhile, you're, you know, playing with your collection of homo figurines or whatever it is, or playing with your grandma's homo figurines and scratching them and then painting them yourself, and then it was, it was the cat's grandma. We don't have cats. We have pictures of cats. Anyway, anyway not important. Have an escape route. Figure it out yourself. You can do it. Uh, point seven, here we go. We're at point seven. Kill the convo. Now, you might remember when I asked you that quiz at the beginning, and you might not. You know, are you a boar searcher? Are you a boar prof? Oh, you a boar? I, I didn't. I, I don't have my notes. I shouldn't. I guess I shouldn't be giving the, uh, the, the talk with an eye mask on, but I felt uh, the need to do what I asked you to do. So I can't reflect. I put it on a little while ago. Ah, but, you know, are you are you a boy, you know, kill the convo? Now, the easiest way to do this is to take something popular that would work in a normal conversation that's going to come up and then expound upon it in a way. Again, you don't want to be remembered. You don't want to be a downer and say, oh, well, did you hear about that landslide? They'll remember you for that, but they won't remember you for this. And then when you strike, like a boring ninja, they would say, that ninja's been on that wall for two years. I didn't think he would ever move again until you... That's where the uh, subliminal messaging comes in later. Anyway, the best way to do that is is to read up on... Go to Google News, look up what's popular... Read an article about it. Read it to yourself, word for word. And then say, well, was that interesting or was that was that facts or some sort of story? And learn to paraphrase incorrectly. And you say, well, geez, I uh, heard about that episode of uh, 
blankety-blank, but play to your strengths. Were, were you a bore prof? Then stop listening out. Well, geez, you know, have you heard about uh, the latest research on this? Or if you're a researcher, bore searcher, you know, do a little uh, research. Read some New Yorker magazine, New Yorker, or some long-form articles, or and paraphrase that. Oh, did you know Siberia? It's a funny thing you mention it. Because I was reading this article about the Trans-Siberia Railway. And I was wondering, does trans, you know, what is trans in, in, in Russian? And then I started to wonder. But I read the article, and then you take it from there. Another thing is, is to say, well, I'm not interested in popular things. Find what you're interested in and, and make a spider web to connect it to what is interesting and then find your way back like a boring little spider. They say, hey, what do you think better, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? And he said, I just rewatched Welcome Back Carter for the fifth time in my life. You wouldn't, and they say, but do you like John Travolta? No. Well, you might like him as a young man, Bob Arino. They say it's offensive. Okay, so that's a bad example, actually. That was too many offensive things. That would be attention getter. So again, this is why we practice focused practice for boredom mastery, my little ninjas. But you almost want to think about it. You say, well, oh, that is Breaking Bad, Brian Cranston. What I loved was Malcolm in the Middle. And they'd say, oh, remember that one where he tried to be a figure skater? No. It was a little boy. His name was Dewey. How many storylines involved Dewey do you remember? And then there was the other kid with the bright eyes, not Malcolm. He was in the middle. But Dewey, he had a lot of cereal, didn't he? Do you think they had product placement on Malcolm in the middle? Uh, you know, and you think about it, and they say, well, what are the odds, uh, Father? And I say, yes, well, what are the odds that young Dewey was eating healthy? I say, geez, well, so you think that was filmed? See, see what I just did? I took something. And then if they start to get exasperated, you say, you're right. Oh, that Brian Cranston. Sorry about that. I just said, oh, geez, I love Brian Cranston so much. He made me think of that silly Dewey. But, oh, that and then he make an exit. Combining strengths. Uh, soon you'll learn to combine strengths, but most of the time, by, you'll be making a point and say, oh, you know what, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And you'll be left all alone. Where you're safe. And where my ninjas. When the time comes, you will be activated. And the time to strike will come but you won't even know it because you'll be so bored. So that is Kill the Convo. Uh, next uh, next up is eight. We're on the home stretch, metabores. And you, you might say metabores, like minute miniature. And you say, could you explain meta to me? I, if I could, it would be extremely dull and incorrect. But I'm talking about metaphors and rhyming it with bore. Metaphors. Now, there's nothing that makes someone more interesting than a good metaphor. 
and there's nothing that makes someone tune out like a metaphor that can't get started. You might say an impotent metaphor, but that wouldn't be boring because that would be a metaphor that's sexually charged. Avoid sexually charged metaphors, even if they're your own humiliation. Avoid them. But listen to your, your conversation and say, well, geez, what are they talking about? They're talking about climbing mountains. And what is the best? Is it, is it a good, is it respectful? Are we pushing our wealth on other countries and saying, I want to climb your mountain. I'm going to leave my garbage there. You clean it up. Here's 50 bucks. And you, so you, think, you say you take that situation and you metabore it. And you, say, and you could even say, let me see if I understand what you're saying. If they don't walk away at that point, you haven't achieved boredom mastery. But soon they will when you start talking. And you say well, something about you farm animals, grass, boring natural things. Again, TV shows no one watches or no one remembers. You'd say growing, well, I know Kirk Cameron's controversial. Anyway, remember, you need to vet this stuff, focused practice, my sweet ninjas. For soon, your training will become deeper and the level's much deeper. Not today, but soon, my ninjas. But you'd say focused practice. Uh, you, you say, well, you know, I drove by a, a, a field of cows the other day. And I wondered about it because all the cows there, they eat the grass and they go to the bathroom there and then they say, well, geez, that is a fertilizer. So they come and collect the fertilizer, if I'm correct, I believe. And then they use that on products, you know, to grow and harvest the products, correct or incorrect. I'm not sure if I'm either one. But you say, well, is it, is it cows produce milk, grass produces chlorophyll, and I think we clean up after the cows, but, but, but it's because we're reusing it for something else. Now, that's a metaphor. They say, I'm sorry, what? And it has to be relatable, but only to you. And they say, I don't understand what your point Well, my point was uh, some material on the mountains is it being reused, like the grass, the cow poop, and in some sense the cows themselves? Say it with a straight face, say it boring, and they'll buy it, because it's been bought in, my ninjas. Well, my friends, we've, we've reached step nine, where we begin to unlock the deepest, where we begin to unlock the deepest powers of boredom, the most powerful most, in some sense, the hardest to master and the hardest to understand with constant focused practice in a focused mind, though. Victory will be ours. Because uh, step nine is the internal magnet. And I want to lay a, a metaphor on you, but it might be more of a metaphor so I can actually make a point. As a child, an almost universal experience is playing with magnets. Now, at some point, they invented those super magnets, which if you ate them, two of them, you were screwed. And they said, no, more, but, but those were round, which deprived the children, I don't know how old any of you are, of the 
the joy of playing with flat magnets. And you learn that, okay, one side of the magnet attracts and one side repulses. And just like a magnet, we have an internal magnet. So just like a magnetic magnet, we have an internal magnetic energy that can attract or repulse. And people might say, you're crazy. And I would say, listen to my voice, my ninjas, for this is powerful stuff. For you can control the power of this magnet to repulse or attract with just some deep-seated things that you need to revisit in your focused practice, my ninjas. Focused practice. 10,000 hours of nothing is still nothing. Do not disappoint me. Now, as I was saying, uh, you say say to yourself, you you will practice this in the quiet of your home, your focused practice, and you'll say, stay away from me. Stay away from me. Find a quiet spot. Picture your internal spirit, your internal heart, pushing people away from you, far, far away from you where they're at a distance, where they can be controlled. You're repulsing them like a magnet. You just need to focus on that energy. Think about the reasons why these people are against you or whatever whatever you need to do. This will be in a focused practice of your home, taking the time to find the way to push invisible magnetic energy out there to push people away. And with focused practice, it will become some, something you cannot escape, you cannot control, that you take with you into your bottom mastery. But as you begin to discover the power of this internal magnet, you don't want to use it for repulsion. You want to add a metabore level to it. As I don't know how to describe it because that was our last step. That's the last step I remember talking about. But you'll you 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 think you you you're saying I'm not repulsing you because you're gross. I'm repulsing you because I'm so boring. And you could figure out a way to interact the boring wavelengths with your r- r- magnetic energy. This is very heady stuff. That's why it's step nine. And then you'll be able to silently. Do as you wish to follow orders and carry out the commands I will give you in the future. By using that energy, you will keep people at bay, but you will also give them some level of comfort as you start to say, Oh, I'm boring, you're not saving you your time. You know, find a mantra. I think that is boring mantras, level two lessons with nunchuckers and ninja stars, will be the next course I will be offering all of you, and you will be required to take it. And soon, even the sound of a ninja star shooting across the room while your eyes are covered will cause you to repulse it with a swift kick. I don't know, that might have been too much. I'm, I don't know what was said there, folks. That was just a metaphor. Here's a metaphor 
about stabbing a ninja star with a kick. Not boring enough, I'm sorry. Maybe I need another thousand hours of focused practice. Always focused practice. Focus on the practice. Not on the implications of what I'm saying. Or the implications of your mission. Or anything but the practice. Just focus on the practice. And that leads us, my friends, to step ten, which is bore to win. I'm going to turn you loose on the world now. And you are going to go out there. And all this is contained in the packets in front of you. Also, internally, I've burned a new pathway into your mind with special boring methods that cannot even be disclosed. And will never will be disclosed. Ever, my ninjas. Uh, You will learn more as you sign up for higher-level courses. But I want you to take these lessons and integrate them into your life. I want you to find time, as much time as you can, for focused practice. Now, I don't expect the next time I see you to have 10,000 hours of focused practice, but I expect focused practice or no practice at all. Do not disappoint me, my ninjas. Just practice and focus. Learn to be boring. Master boredom. And no one will suspect anything. You'll be able to carry out your missions or your life's desires. In a stealth mode like a ninja. But just a regular suburban boring person. Or young barista. So most boring barista in town. They call you. Little do they expect you're the key, or you're the the person, the key, the disposable key to unlock the door that I will enter. So that is all bored to win. Take these lessons forth in your life. Use them to create space around you where you could practice focused practice, always focused practice, my ninjas and live your life more fully. Thank you for your time, ladies and gentlemen. It has been my pleasure. And I expect you all to practice focused practice and be boring, boring to live. Thank you.